Lakuta Sichas Chelik Tezvav, Parsha Chayisara Sicha Hey. From Parsha Chayisara Ved Gelaint, we read the Parsha Chayisara Bakama Vakamashanim in a number of years, many years, we Hainting Yor, for instance, that year. In Shabbos Mavarch and Chedesh Kislev is read on the day, the Shabbos that we bless, Shabbos Mavarcham of the month of Kislev. Alpia Yudua, based on what is known as the Parsha Shavuha Mashachas Tuzman of Elchans, is a very gilent. Gelaint, that the parsha associated with a certain week has a connection to the events that happened during that week, the Jewish holidays and so on, is fashtandik. So we understand as in their parsha is merumazinu from chedesh kislev that in this parsha of chayisara we will have, uh, we will see some connection to the month of kislev. The spitzel teichem for yedn chedesh mitzvelchen that helps the chayis from andra chadashim. The, what is the central theme of a month in which it's different from all the other months is Bereva Pa'amim is for the most part is connected to the, out, the special days of that month like holidays which occurred during that month because those holidays have they, they spread their wings they have an influence on all the days of the month not only the days in which they actually occur. As we find it, literally, we find it uh, clearly stated, in regards to the month of Adar. That because of the days of Purim that occurred during the month of Adar, is the Gansa Chaydish, the entire month is called Nepach, was transformed, to a month of joy and and Yom Tov. That's what it says in the Megillah. The month that was transformed, even though it was only the two days of Purim and Shushan Purim, but the whole, the entire month was transformed to a time of joy. So the same would also be true for every month and the holidays that occurred during that month. So in regards to our matter, in the month of Kislev, as the Teichem from Chedesh Kislev is Fabun mid Yom Tov Chaneke, that uh, the central theme of the month of Kislev is the day the Yom Tov Chaneke, which begins on the 25th of Kislev, and we find in fact an allusion to the miracle of Chaneke in Parsha Chayesor. Where do we find this? Chanukah was made into a yomtiv for because of the miracle of the cruise of oil, the one cruise of oil that lasted eight days. They only, as it says in the Gemara, they were only able to find one jar of oil. There wasn't enough oil in there only that it should last for one day, to light the menorah for one day, and a miracle occurred, and they were able to light the menorah for eight days from that one jar. And we find a similar miracle in regards to Sar and Rivka in our Parsha, as our sages tell us, where it talks about when Yitzchak married Rivka, so he brought her into the tent, the home of Sarah, his mother. So our sages tell us, what does it mean, the tent of Sarah? How was it the tent of Sarah? As the Ner Shabbos Vazeim Angetzunden, that it was outstanding in three ways that it was Sarah's tent. One of them is because there was a, the, the uh, light, the lamp that she lit for Friday night, uh, Friday night Shabbos candles, was uh, remained lit Shabbos from Friday night Shabbos until the next Friday night. So it lasted the entire week. One jar, one uh, lamp lasted seven full days. Very, very similar to the idea of uh, the miracle of Hanukkah. became still Especially that the miracle of Hanukkah actually brought about a mirac- uh, uh, brought about a celebration, a Yom Tov. We, it created the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. So it's understood as moving as a Nes Hanukkah is the Achidush Lagav the Nes for Neres Sara Verifka. 
And it's also understood that logically it stands to reason that the miracle of Hanukkah had something beyond the miracle of Sarah and, uh, and Rivka and their candle lighting that lasted a week. It would be difficult to say that the, the outstanding quality of Hanukkah over the lights of Sarah and Rivka is only in the fact that from the jar of oil in the story of Hanukkah which only had enough oil for one day it lasted for eight days whereas the lamps of the miracle it only lasted seven days so there you got one extra day so it's difficult to say that that is the that the difference between Hanukkah and Sarah and, and Rivka's lamps because that isn't a difference a very, it's not a fundamental difference in the kind of miracle that it was nor blows and commas only in the extent, the length of the time that it lasted so, and we understand that there must be something much more fundamentally different in regards to the miracle of Hanukkah over the miracle of Sarah and Rivka Base. The nest of Hanukkah is The miracle of Hanukkah is, descri- is explained in general terms. There are many explanations, but it could be grouped into two groupings. There are two ways in which you could look at it. Number one, is that the miracle was that the oil multiplied. There was much more oil than was expected. In other words, that there was a, let's say, I don't know, let's say it was a liter of oil, which would have lasted one day. And somehow, miraculously, the one liter turned into eight liters and therefore was able to last for eight days. That means that there was an increase in the amount of oil, miraculously, that happened. And this increase could have happened in a number of different ways, whether it's see, but even as the pach. One way that it could have happened is that as they were pouring out of the jar of oil into the lamps of the menorah, the jar of oil didn't become emptied. It remained full. It was as full as it was to begin with. Other or another way, they filled up the lamps and the jar of oil was emptied, but the lamps of the menorah never went down. The amount of oil remained full. It was full in the menorah every day. We did say Saras and Yosef as the Beis Yosef, which discusses this at length, and he discusses what exactly happened there. Basically, it's to answer the question, why is Hanukkah a celebration for eight days? If there was enough for one day, then the miracle was only a seven-day miracle. So he explains different ways in which we could see that it was a miracle for eight days. So these are two of the explanations that he gives. In any case, these are both miracles in which the amount of oil was increased miraculously. Another way of looking at it is, the nes is given by Echus Hashem. The miracle was in the power of the oil. Not that there was more, it remained one liter but the leader was able to last much longer. The amount of oil which normally would have lasted only one day, actually burned for eight days. It fueled the burning of the menorah for eight days. Which would mean that every night they lit the menorah in the evening and it lasted overnight the only an eighth of the amount of the oil that was put into the menorah burned out because it was somehow the the miracle was that the amount of oil was able to fuel burning for much longer than normally let's say eight times as much as normal as the Yosef he says that they divided the amount of oil that they had on hand into eight portions 
And each night, on Yedanacht, in the Menorah, Rangigosin, or in Chilgan, each night they poured in one eighth of the oil that they had on, on hand. Or as another commentary says, he says no they filled up the menorah with the entire oil that they had on hand and every night only one eighth of it was used up that's two ways that the the eichos which means the, the quality of the oil was a much greater quality than nor, the normal oil so based on this it comes out as the bitter that to clarify and to understand the difference whether the miracle of Hanukkah is similar the same type of a miracle as happened by Sarah Rivka is totally in the Tzvei Fanamanal would depend on these two approaches how we understand the miracle of Hanukkah according to the second way that we look at it in other words that it was a a miracle in the quality of the oil both uh, miracles are uh, essentially the same there was a qualitative increase in the ability for the oil to last, to burn, to fuel the uh, fire for much longer than was normally expected. In Beidafal, how the Nes gebrent feel leng, gebrent the Neir gebrent feel lenge vidusman was erken brennen al piteva. In both cases, the the uh, the lamp, the the light lasted much longer than it could be expected to last naturally. And that was the miracle. There was a qualitative increase in the power of oil, of the oil. In the case of Sarah and Rivka, we have to say that that's what happened, because they didn't have a short. If it was simply that they filled up a gallon of oil, then it wouldn't be a miracle. It would, everybody's would last that way. The miracle was that they put in enough that it should last for Friday night, and it lasted all the way till the next Friday night. On the chilek is so. What's the difference between the miracle of that's the similarity of the miracle between Hanukkah and Sarah and Rivka? What is the difference between them? Was which number one by Hanukkah is given aggressory suffering kayachad laka. First of all, that Hanukkah it lasted even longer, which means that it had even more um, qualitative power. If achteg because it lasted for eight days, as we said before, and there was only lasted seven days. The second point is. By Hanukkah is given a bazunda nes yedin tog. By Hanukkah there was a there was an, a miracle that happened every day. But yedin tog edarft onsin the menorah because the mitzvah was that they had to light the menorah every day. There's a mitzvah to light the menorah every evening, every afternoon. So they had to extinguish it and relight it. Whereas by Sar and Rivka they just le- left it on. There's no mitzvah to light to relight the lamp on Sunday night or Monday night and so on. Whereas by the Menorah there was a mitzvah to relight it every day. So the miracle started up again every single night. So for eight days there was the miracle happening again. But if we look at it in the first the first way which was that it was an increase in the amount of oil that it kept staying full is the Nes Hanukkah from Ananda Rasuk, then the miracle of Hanukkah was completely different than the miracle of Sarah and Rivka. Because in a, in a miraculous way, more oil, quantitatively, more oil happened. We don't find such a thing by the lamps of Sarah and Rivka. It was more that the amount that they put into it and expected to last for Friday night lasted the entire week but in this if we look at it that way that it was a a quantitative uh, miracle so then there was nothing really essentially new about the miracle of Hanukkah because this kind of a miracle we find hap- happened earlier than Hanukkah already. 
it's right there in the uh, in the Bible and in the in the Vim. Then Nes which was a miracle of the jar of oil that the woman whose husband had died and she didn't have any money to pay her debtors and her creditors were people that she owed money. So she Elisha told her, what do you have in the house? So she said, I have a jar of oil. So he said, bring as many empty uh, utensils as possible. And then he said to her, now fill all those utensils. So she was able to fill many, many, many utensils from one jar of oil. In other words, there was a physical increase in the amount of oil, a quantitative increase in the amount of oil. That was a miracle, and that's exactly how the first explanation explains the miracle of Hanukkah too. So in both cases it seems that there is already precedent for the miracle of Hanukkah. If it was a qualitative difference, then Sarah and Rivka had that kind of a miracle. If it was a quantitative difference, then the story with Elisha and the woman had that kind of a miracle. Gimel. In Yedin from Fanimanal, in both of these approaches, whether it's quantitative or qualitative, is done nishglatkeit. There is something that is still needs more explanation. There's something wrong with that explanation. According to the approach that the, it was a quantitative increase, is you do with the shaila. It's well known the question that is asked about that. How could they light? The lamps in the base amigdash, the menorah, with a with oil which was produced through a miracle. It says in the pasuk that it has to be olive oil. A mir- uh, oil that comes from a miracle is not olive oil. So how could they have used that? And in order to answer this question, we must say, as mit shem and zayis, vertnish gemein shem avosiz aruzgikum akvetsh vnazayis, that when the Torah says, we now have to explain that when it says olive oil in the Torah to be used for the menorah, it doesn't mean oil that was squeezed out of, extracted from an olive, nor azav, asat alatchunas from shem azayis, but rather that it is an oil which has the characteristics of olive oil. One of them is, let's say, that the the fire that is produced is very pure, very smooth. It doesn't crackle and so on. That's one uh, characteristic of olive oil. And this was that's what the Torah requires, that it should be oil that has the characteristics of olive oil. And the miraculous oil was created in that way, and that's why it was fitting to be used for the menorah. Also, according to the approach that the miracle happened in the qualitatively, is so and every night an eighth of the oil that they had filled the menorah with an eighth, only an eighth burnt out. Is nishglatik? There's a question about that too. The din by menorah is because the halacha, the law is in regards to the menorah. As ten loy midasa should take the legs erevad biker, that the the mitzvah is that how much do you have to fill the menorah with, and the, it's the answer is clear. Put in the amount that it should last from for the whole night, with the time that it's supposed to burn. and the sages estimated that to be half a lug. So therefore, they had, they would have had to fill it. They would be required to fill it with a with a half a lug, which you can't do if you used up an eighth of it the night before. Now you're short. In, a, in addition to that, noisif of an in as a cliche In addition to the fact that a that utensils the, that they used in the Beis Hamikdash, they always had to be filled to capacity. That's the way of the Beis Hamidosh. The, whatever they're filling, if they're putting wine into a uh, into a goblet or to a bowl, it has to be filled to the top. If they're putting flour for a carbon into a bowl, it has to be filled to the top. How do we know this? Vifashtanik from the din, as we understand from the halacha, which says as klishodus emekachim elamaleim that the the uh, utensils that they used in the service of the Beis Hamidosh, whenever you put something into them, they sanctified the 
let's say, flour or the wine or the oil by being placed into that holy vessel. But they only become sanctified, meaning the food that was put in the flour or the oil only becomes sanctified if it was full. If it wasn't full, then the sanctity doesn't attach itself to the material, to the thing that you're going to bring as a carbon, and therefore shouldn't be brought as a carbon because it's not sanctified. But according to what uh, we just explained, in how it have the miracle happen on Hanukkah, it would come out as them in the Satan tog is unweiter hat that from day two and on they were no longer able to put in the full half a lug because they had used up an eighth. And the lamps were not full with the amount that is needed for this service, meaning for the menorah to burn all night. So therefore, that is, is a problem in saying that in, in that approach to how the miracle happened, and also to the other side, it comes out according to this that every day except for the eighth day is given nish the other side means looking at it from the other perspective if you'll say that well we, they already were expecting a miracle or the miracle was going to occur so therefore they only needed an eighth of the amount because that's what is the amount that is needed because this oil burns eight times as long as ordinary oil so according to that you have the opposite problem because every day besides for the eighth day it wasn't, they hadn't filled the menorah with the amount that it needs to burn from evening till night. It had, on the first day, it had eight times as much. On the second day, it had seven times as much. Only the eighth day did it have the correct amount that it would be used up for the night. Inside, now the Eshtetog Achmel, as they filled the first day, it had eight times as much. The second day, Zibman, as they waited. Second day, two, seven times, and so on. So the Rebbe says, he'd like to suggest a third approach to how the miracle happened. And this third, this third approach will eliminate these questions that we just mentioned. And also, according to this third approach, we will now have something unique and special about the miracle of Hanukkah which was never seen before. It was a miracle which had never been experienced before, which as the Rebbe said, either way of the first two, there was already such a miracle, one by Sarah and Rivka and one by Elisha and the woman with the oil. As we already said earlier in the second, uh, second chapter, the second uh, paragraph here, from Beis Yosef, quoting the Beis Yosef, is the Nes Chanukah Loit Ein Svara. According to one approach, one opinion, the miracle of Chanukah Bashtanim and them was Nosnu Kol Hashem Emeneris. The way it happened was they poured all the oil into the lamps. So Babayka Matzah Neiris Mleim Shemen. In the morning, they found the lamps were still full of oil. So perhaps we can say. As the pirush in them is that what he, what the Beis Yosef means about by saying that is nishta the shemen had oiz gebrent and the nachamen zich the neiros vider ongefilled with shemen mederachnes. That's not to say that every night as the menorah burnt, it burnt the it used up the oil until the bottom, and then in the morning they came and it was refilled again. So in other words, it did use it up, but then it refilled again. That's not how it happened. Rather, how did it happen? As the shemen had gebrent und zusammen damit is von em garnish nechste gevorn that the oil was burning, because the the mitzvah is that it has to be that the light, lights have to be from olive oil, so it has to be the fuel the olive oil that is fueling the fire. So it was fueling the fire. But at the very same time, there was no, it wasn't diminished at all. None of the oil got used up. It was burning oil, but it didn't use up any oil. As our sages tell us, by in regards to fire that comes from above, as in other words, miraculous fire, 
it's burning the fire is burning as it says by the burning bush that Moshe Rabbeinu saw that the sneh was burning the sneh means the bush the, the thorn bush was burning but it wasn't using up it wasn't burning the, the, the bush remained intact so in a similar way here it was using the fuel just like over there was using the fuel of the thorn bush as the Pasuk says yet it wasn't being used up so also the oil of the menorah it was burning the fuel was the fire was using the fuel of the oil but it didn't use up any of the oil and the Rebbe notes even if you want to say like he asked before that you know if it's miraculous oil then it's not olive oil so even if we'll answer that question that it's okay to use miraculous oil and it's uh, it's uh, that's because because it has the characteristics of olive oil is a movement but it's certainly understood as the Eish Ve'er Menorah, that the fire, the light of the Menorah, Muzayin Azah, was come from the Shem Lamer, has to be fire that is fed by the oil of the Menorah. So clearly, it has to, the fuel has to be fueling the fire. So the miracle is a double miracle. The fuel, it was fueling the the fire, but it wasn't being used up. So according to this, it would come out as the nest is given that this miracle was two contradictory ideas happening at the same time. An a natural fire, which is coming from the oil, being fueled by the oil. Naturally, it has to be using up that oil. That's what happens when it's fueling the fire; it uses up the oil. Well, the Eder Gisabar, on the other hand, had garnish gefelt from the There was nothing; the no, no part of the oil was used up. So we insist that it's the oil fueling the fire, because otherwise it's not olive oil or any oil basically fueling the fire, and that's the, what not what the mitzvah is. The mitzvah is that the oil has to be fueling the fire, but at the same time, it's not using up the oil. In other words, on the one hand, it has to be using the oil. On the other hand, at the same time, it's not using up the oil. And this is something that is referred to as the impossibility. An impossibility. We can imagine miracles, but there are certain miracles that are not even imaginable. Similar to the miracle that happened with the Aaron, the Holy Ark, in the Holy of Holies, that on the one hand it says that it has to be two and a half cubits long, and yet it says that it didn't take up any space in the room, which means if they would have measured from one side of the room to the other side of the room, it was ten cubits. If they measure from one side of the room till, till the Holy Ark, it was five cubits. If they measured from the other side of the holy ark to the other wall, it was five cubits again. So in other words, it wasn't taking up any space. There was ten cubits, uh, five cubits on either side of the aron, so the aron itself wasn't taking up any space. But on the other hand, it had to be two and a half cubits long. So it was taking up space and not taking up space all at the same time. And that is mathematically unimaginable. We can't wrap our minds around that but that's the miracle that happened and that miracle too it was two opposites at the same time the space the Oren which had what, which had to be a certain measurement the Torah states that it has to be a certain length it has to be two and a half cubits long but at the same time, is the that space didn't take up any didn't take up any space in the room because it measured five cubits on either side. Hey, to understand this a little bit a little deeper to delve a little deeper into this. In the meaning from Mokam in this matter of the space the space that the Aaron took up didn't take up any space. It's not only to emphasize that the Oren had both opposites in it. Mida, it was measurable, 
two and a half cubits. On Einam and Abidah, but yet it was in, it wasn't measurable because it didn't take up space. But Vasachas and that has happened at the same time. Nor Nochmer, it's even more than that. That Einam and Abidah is gekum and dafket durch dem vos der orner gehat abashtimte midah. The miracle that happened, that the orner did not take up any any space came only as a result of the fact that the Aram was two and a half cubits long. The condition that the Aram could live in a miraculous reality that way was dependent on the fact that it would be two and a half cubits long. Because if the Aram was not to measure as the Torah required, if it didn't fit the Torah's requirements, the measure of two and a half cubits, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have had the holiness of the Aram because it doesn't meet what the requirement of the Torah, what it needs to be. And if it doesn't have the holiness of the Aram, it wouldn't be able to have that miraculous fact that it doesn't take up any space. So it's the fact that it was two and a half cubits which allowed it not to have the miracle that it doesn't take up any space. In other words, it's not just that it's containing two opposites. The two are dependent on each other. The same happened by the miracle of Hanukkah and the way the Rebbe explains it. The Nes is The miracle could happen only because they lit the menorah of the Beis Hamidosh in the way that it was meant to be according to the law as it was set, written in the Torah and since as we said before the lighting of the menorah the light of the menorah has to come from the oil when the, the character the nature of oil is that it gets used up when you burn it when it's fueling a fire it it gets used up. Kumtoch so it comes out as the nesfum motsua neiris malaim shemen that this miracle of finding the uh, the lamps of the menorah to be, uh, to be full of oil, it didn't use up any of it. Unsiz nishgeven kain chesar nashemen that there was no shemen, uh, oil missing. Hatzachuv getan dafkel dardem vasiz given tchunasik eloy nashemen. The fact that it didn't burn, it didn't use, sorry, it didn't use up the oil came only because it was burning in a way that it was using up the oil or it was burning oil so it was burning oil but not using up oil at once and the two are conditional on each other if it wouldn't be burning oil it wouldn't be fit the law as the menorah has to be lit so then it w- the miracle wouldn't have happened so the miracle happened only because it was burning oil Yet it wasn't burning it; it wasn't using it up. Vav, the shaychus from the oifna nesu Chanukah dafke. The connection between the way the miracle happened to Chanukah. Why? Why? How is it connected to Chanukah? That nefashtein behegdom achilut tzvishin the gimul biurim biure efani anesa now. We'll understand it by first by first explaining the difference between the three ways in which we describe the nes, the miracle. Number one. I suffer the Kamas Hashem, and as we said, an increase in the quantity of the oil. The other one is I suffer the Echos Hashem, an increase in the quality of oil and the power that it has. And the third one is Shnei Hafchim, the fact that it has both opposites together, Kiloyin and Nishkiloyin, the fact that it's burning oil, but not burning up the oil at the same time, but Vasachas all at the same time. In the Mershon Oifen, in the first approach, Zetman. Setzich on the nes, not in the eshterega. The miracle can be observed, can be seen only the first moment when it happens. And the shem evet nisi when it, the oil was depleted and then suddenly it's filled up again. So at that moment you see the miracle. But and after that the oil simply burns in a natural way. When Afopias the nesfun of shemen is negayet suder hadlaka, and even though the miracle of the oil even in this way that there was a miraculous increase in the amount of oil and that the, the miracle is dependent the lighting of the menorah is dependent on that miracle because you didn't have this miraculous, miraculous oil 
there wouldn't be anything to light the menorah. Kum so comes out as that etzem brenen from the neiras midem shemen is fabunem midem nes. That the fact that the oil is burning, the lights of the menorah are lit, is connected with the miracle that suddenly there was more oil. But you don't see the miracle. You only see the miracle at the, in the, at the first moment when suddenly it became more, but as it burns through the night, you don't see any miracle. Although, the, of course, it is dependent on the miracle. And the proof is, there was Vaisnish for Vanad Hashem and Ezekuman. If somebody walked in the middle of the night, he had no idea where this oil suddenly came from, that there was suddenly a, an abundance of oil, miraculously. He doesn't know that a miracle happened. All he sees is there's oil in the cup of the menorah and it's burning. In Svet Neifen, in the second approach, since the, there is only a small amount of oil which is burning much longer than it normally should, that naturally would uh, should. So we see the miracle as the oil burns. If you observe for long enough, you see it, it should have gone down much more. It only went down an eighth of what it should have gone down. But at the same time, is does nor does was was the uftu from the nes zetzich on in the zman was the shem and brent. It's only that you it's observable while the oil is burning. In other words, it's a, the miracle is observable, or the fact that it's a miracle is observable. But when did the miracle happen? The miracle actually occurred when Hashem invested into that oil the the, uh, characteristic that it burns eight times as long as the normal oil does. The fact that you can see that later through the night doesn't mean that it's happening then. The miracle happened when Hashem invested it with that power. You can see that happening as you observe that this oil is somehow lasting eight times as long. But still the miracle happened in the initial moment. In but in the third way, which as we said is something which is impossible to be able to understand. The miracle is happening every moment. Every moment you have oil that is fueling a fire, and at the same moment, nothing, none of it is being used up, none of it is, none of it is being burnt up. A minute later, the same thing is happening. It keeps happening as it goes on. So it's not that a miracle happened at some point, and now it's just following the miracle that happened uh, at the beginning of the evening. It's a miracle that is occurring every single moment. So that's a very distinct thing about this third approach, the way the Rebbe sees it, is that the miracle is an ongoing miracle happening every moment that the Menorah is lit. Zayim. The Dreyfanaman, all these three ways of seeing it, just like every matter in Torah, and in Oyotah, also translate to a lesson in how a person serves Hashem. Not just a lesson, but a way in which a person serves Hashem. The is what's the difference between nature and miracle? How does that translate to a person's life? Teva is the Aveda Alpitamadas. Nature means when a person serves Hashem in in a certain orderly way, in the way that makes sense, in the way that uh, uses his talents and things which are in an orderly fashion. When you serve Hashem in an orderly fashion. The Aveda is His service of Hashem is measured according to his uh, abilities and his limitations, and he works within those confines. He serves Hashem in the way that he understands, on airfield in the way that he understands or feels. He brings to bear his emotion, so it has to be according to the way he experiences emotion. That's teva. That means serving Hashem naturally. Nes, a miracle, means vice of the avodah for gabalus oil. Miracle means when a person does avodah sins out of a sense of duty, submission, and mesiras nefesh, self-sacrifice, which is something that goes beyond 
what you can understand. You do things which are incomprehensible to yourself, but you do them because this is what is required. So it's not according to the way you experience something, it's what has to get done. One does not take into consideration what would I like to do or what I think is the right way to do it. Certainly we don't take into consideration how I understand it or how I feel at this moment. You fulfill the will of Hashem until even if it takes life. It means you give everything in order to do the will of Hashem. Even though, although it's true, that any type of Aveda has to be founded, has to be based on a foundation of submission and Kabbalah soil and Messirus Nefesh. As our sages tell us, first a person has to accept the yoke of heaven and only then can you accept the mitzvahs that's why we say Shema the paragraph of Shema before the paragraph of Ahoyim Shema Tishmu because Shema talks about accepting the yoke of heaven and then comes the mitzvahs which are enumerated more in which talk about fulfilling Hashem's will and so on and the reason for this is because a created being, a person, a human cannot depend, rely that your own understanding of something, your own feeling about something, that the Malam will always guide him and lead him to the path which Hashem would want. Sometimes your own understanding of something goes contrary to what Hashem understands. Sometimes your feelings go contrary to what Hashem requires at this time. So you can't rely on your own understanding and feelings. So you have to have a foundation of it all has to be built on the bedrock of submission. And that's why even when you serve Hashem with rational understanding and in an orderly way as we said before it has to be founded as we said on a foundation of Kabbalah soil. But there are a number of levels and ways in which this can be Accomplished. Einoifin is one way. Is as the hegesh kabbalas oil and the siras nefesh, the feeling of submission and the siras nefesh, the neshel amaylo which we said refers to serving Hashem in a miraculous way, which means beyond our nature. Is norbet chilas You do it. You the, you set down the rules at the beginning of the day. B'shas krishna when a person reads shema. Pasinyana is the ideas of Shema, as we said before, is the Kabbalah of to accept upon yourself the will, the uh, sovereignty of Hashem, and that you're dedicated to this, even in li- uh, you know, with your own life, with your full life. So at the beginning of the day, you you say that you say Shema, you meditate on it, you know, you lay down the rule. This is what it has to be. But afterwards, um, as the day goes on, is the Avaida Pitavadas, then you go to do your Avaida, which is in the way that you live your life, which is the way you understand things, the way you do things, and so on. Navapi has the Hedishkabos, and even though the, the, that feeling when you read Shema, when you're doing this, meditating at the beginning of the day about your about this submission and so on it has to, it does and it has to leave a an imprint on you that should last throughout the day and that in the back and behind in the back of your mind it's always there that you are submitted to Hashem and so on so that your Aveda which happens in your way of doing it should be in the proper way in the way that Hashem would want so you need that foundation you need to be influenced by that feeling of that you get in the Shema and that has to last throughout the day but, so it might be subconsciously it's there to guide you but it's not at the forefront of your of your memory, you're not thinking about it at this time. 
the rest of the day you're going about your day in the way you go about your day even in your serving Hashem so the rest of the day it's what we call the natural service of Hashem what is he busy during the day and what is he into the rest of the day is serving Hashem in the way that he does it in the way in this rational way in the way that we said before is another approach this could be as the that this feeling of submission and mysterious nefesh that it takes place at the beginning of the day is it's not something that is in the back of your mind but rather it's at the forefront of your mind because you studied it at the beginning of the day therefore it stays with you you keep it in the front of your eyes all the time I have to submit to Hashem this is something that guides me all day in a very manifest way till it's entrenched in your heart always, literally always day and night it doesn't move from his memory it's always there in your in your mind but that doesn't mean of course that you're going about your day is going to be in a way of mysterious nefesh constantly that you're always in the mode of mysterious nefesh it's only that in the work that you do, in the service of Hashem that you do, which is in a rational way, in the natural way, but it's illuminated by, and and it always has in, it always has close to it, the memory of Mr. Nefesh Besas Krishna, the fact that you dedicated get dedicated yourself at the time that you read Shema to serve Hashem with submission and with Mr. Nefesh. Because those health and in the Mitzvah, that helps him throughout the day in his regular service of Torah Mitzvah, which is what most of what he does during the day, which is going through life normally, naturally, what we call natural. Adrita Reifen is a third approach, as Tomit constantly all day, stated in the tomb of Messirus Nefesh, the person is always in the mode of Messirus Nefesh. And is a in the avoda for mysterious nefesh. He's totally submerged in the idea of mysterious nefesh. Vameila is kolavadosim b'meshachayim behesem b'detnuah nefesh. And therefore, all of his avoda is in accordance, is on that level, on the in the form of mysterious nefesh. It, it, it makes me think of the yidden that lived in Russia in the bad days, that everything that they did had to be with absolute dedication, with absolute mysterious nefesh, just walking in the street with a beard and uh, tzitzis perhaps under their shirt, but every moment of it was living mysterious nefesh. Al-Darach Rabakiva had gesagt, similar to what Rabakiva said, kol yomai all of my days, every day I was distressed, and I was always worried, masa yove when will I have the opportunity to give my life for Hashem? He always was living with the desire to give his life for Hashem. And his gestanen in the tnu of Mesiris Nefesh, Nisho B'Shas Krishma, he was in this mode of Mesiris Nefesh, not only when he was reading Shema, but Kol Yomei, all day. That's what, he, that's what he thought about all day. Shtende, constantly. And Allah Zainin Yonim is Ba'em Given, the tnu of Mesiris Nefesh. And everything that he did, he has this mode of Mesiris Nefesh. These three approaches to Avaidah depend on what spiritual state, state you are in at the time. When things are going normally, regular, holiness is apparent in the world. means the Avaidah is always constantly aware of holiness he's in touch with holiness so there could be a time in the world in which holiness is much more apparent there's a base amigdosh and so on 
is genug as his dog the tenua from Mesiris Nefesh B'Kriyashma B'Tchil Sayyim then it's enough that at the beginning of the day you dedicate yourself when you reach Shema and then because there is so much holiness around you anyway so it keeps you going you dedicated yourself at the beginning of the day it keeps you going to the rest of the day since there's no darkness is so therefore the trace of that which you thought about and dedicated yourself to at the beginning of the day is enough it's enough that you have that memory of it in the back of your mind subconsciously and that's what carries you and makes sure that you will get through the day properly and that you're not going to go off in the wrong direction but when we are in a situation where darkness covers the earth then it's not enough to have, have thought about at the beginning of the day and then it just remains in a concealed way in your subconscious but it carries you through the day it's not enough anymore then it requires it requires that the feeling should carry you should be manifest in you you should feel that throughout the day only through this will you be able to overpower the darkness and in this too there are two ways that this can be accomplished Einoifen is one approaches as the chayshuk from velt is master of ma'ilum of the course nor a vifel oilum oshen helam it's ativa yimetzios is ma'ilum a master of eragdusha. One approaches there is a situation in which the darkness of the world conceals the holiness, the godliness that is in the world. But to what degree? Only because that is the state of the world. World means concealment the very nature of the world is that it conceals godliness so that's why it conceals godliness but nothing more than that it is the state of the world that it conceals spirituality and godliness so therefore there is a concealment of godliness and in this situation since that's what Hashem set up that's how it naturally is therefore we find ourselves in that world in which godliness is concealed. So therefore, we serve Hashem according to Tamadas, according to rational, to Teva, to nature. Teva Nevashal Kishulay, but of course it's the nature of the godly soul. Siznor, only as Vechtetsu, Arapnem, and them, Helen, Vehesterayla, but in order to remove the concealment, the natural concealment of the world. That the concealment of the world should not interfere with your Therefore, that feeling of a serious nefesh of submission, of going beyond anything that you could, uh, you know, that is natural, natural to you, has to accompany you the whole day because you are in a, you're living in a place of concealment so you need much more to get you through to make, get, make sure you do it right but when the darkness of the world gets even deeper in a way that it already it's, it contradicts it goes contrary to holiness not just it conceals it but that it works against holiness that the Jewish people are in captivity in other words holiness is in captivity the world it doesn't allow us to do to serve Hashem it tries to stop us from serving Hashem then the Avaida is that you have to fight against that darkness it doesn't only mean, you know, when there's a policeman not allowing you to uh, put on tefillin. It means also when the intellectuals of the world tell you that everything that you're doing is stupid and, and, and foolish and belongs in the old world and so on. That's what the world is declaring to you. So they're trying to interfere with your Avedis Hashem. 
So then you have to fight back against that darkness. That's much more than the natural concealment which exists in the world of holiness. We have to break through the darkness until we have to even go further to be able to transform the darkness into light. And for this kind of Aveda, what is required, a person has to be in a constant state of serious Nefesh. Whatever you encounter, you have to be able to push back against it. And we live in a world in which we have to push back all the time. And therefore, we have to live in a state of serious nefesh all the time. Al kol every step that you take, b'meshal kol all day long. Tess and thus is oich. The beer was is given in even for That's the reason why the miracle of Hanukkah was in the third way, which was that it was two contradictory things happening at the same time. Anes chodesh b'chol rega and also that the miracle occurred each moment of when the menorah was burning as opposed to just at the beginning because that's the state the situation that the Yidin were in their spiritual service of Hashem at that time because of the great darkness in the days of the Greeks they stood up in order to make the Yidin forget Hashem's Torah or that it's the Torah of Hashem and to Cause the Yidden to stop f- fulfilling the will of Hashem. The Yidden put themselves into a into a mode of being constantly on functioning in Mesiris Nefesh in a very revealed way. They what does it mean? It says that the weak fought against the strong. That is the definition of Mesiris Nefesh. They were weak. In other words, they had no hope of being able to defeat the strong. But they went mysterious nefesh. That's what was required. In the end, of course, Hashem uh, gave them the miracle. So, they did this in order to be able to fight back against the darkness. When the tenua from mysterious nefesh, from Eden had pale given, and this mode of mysterious nefesh that the Eden were in had the effect as Hashem and Hashem will illuminate the darkness as the Pasuk said it's not it's Havaya and the Vav it goes even higher it transcends Ishtalshalus it transcends normal function of the world it's that Havaya the level that transcends Ishtalshalus that will illuminate the darkness is to be able to to uh, refine and elevate the uh, the darkness of the goals. That's why they had a supernatural infusion of godly power into what they were doing. And that's also that's how the miracle of the of the oil happened. That it was they found it sealed with the seal of the Kayin Godel. That means, literally, it means that the the goyim were not did not touch it. They didn't break through the seal, which means they had no contact with the oil. But it means also that they reached a place where which transcends where any outside forces klipa could ever get to it. Because it comes from the very essence of the Creator, which transcends any r- level of creation. And the far is the nes gufa given in an oifim was hot nisht kanachizen teva v'istalshulos nimna nimnois, and that's why the miracle also happened in a way that is completely cannot be understood in the physical realm at all. It's a, a miracle of nimna nimnois impossibilities happening unimaginable things happening that at the same time something is burning and at the same time it's not burning that is unimaginable because it came from a place that transcends reality as we know it and that's why that's the kind of miracle that happened based on this we can also understand the shaykhs from Kola now 
Now we can understand the connection between this and to the other Yom Tov in the month of Kislev, the Tog from Yutas Kislev, the day of Yutas Kislev was Rosh Hashanah of Chsidus, which is, as we know, the Rosh Hashanah of Chsidus. When we are already in the darkness of the very last on the heels of Mashiach, that the darkness gets darker daily, then it's even more necessary to reveal the oil of Taira, which is called the Pnimisa Taira, the inner dimension of Taira Chsidis. This Surazan the Razan the Rais until the secrets of the secrets and the Khuda Yechidashvatayra, what's called the very essence of Taira, Basizma Ayru Magalad in the Kudya in the Kudasya Yechidaf Nayidin, and that brings out, it awakens and it brings out the essence of a yid. When you touch the essence when you learn the essence of the Taira, it brings out the essence of the yid. When in Anoifan Funya Futsamina Sakhachutz and we have to do this in a way that it will the well springs will be spread to the outside. The mayonnaise zone zayin oichutzav oifim from afotz has to be get to the outside in a way that it spread far and wide. Because durch dem dafke vert uvgeton der inyan from havaya giachoshkin is through this that we can accomplish that havaya will illuminate the darkness. Oich from dem chayshach also of our darkness, the one that we are in. Bizes vetness. He was talking about what happened in Hanukkah, but also our darkness. Bizes vert niskayim the yut. Fun until will be fulfilled the prophecy which says that the darkness will will be illuminated like the day. As in other words, that the night will shine like the day. As the that the darkness of Golos is transformed into light, and the karamamish should happen speedily in our day.